This week's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast is brought to you by Samaritan's Purse. You guys, I am so excited to be working with Samaritan's Purse this year. Uh, if you're not familiar, Samaritan's Purse does Operation Christmas Child Shoeboxes. They've sent over 168 million shoebox gifts to children in more than 160 different countries and territories throughout the world. Absolutely amazing ministry that is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus. But it's almost National Collection Week, so you got to get on this, like today, right now. Uh, you can go to SamaritansPurse.org forward slash OCC. You can figure out all the details of how to pack a shoebox. You can get suggestions, tracking labels, find your closest drop-off location, all that good stuff. Again, at SamaritansPurse.org org forward slash OCC. Me and my family do these boxes. It's a great way to teach your kids that God is moving bigger than just our family. He's reaching the whole world with his good news. Uh, and more than just these gifts that are collected in these shoe boxes, Samaritan's Purse does a great job at advancing the gospel, sharing the good news of Jesus with the people who receive these boxes. Kids are coming to know Christ. Their families are coming to know Christ. And even cooler than that, uh, they partner with locals to actually disciple these kids and these families who come to know Christ. It's really an absolutely incredible ministry. You can do it as an individual, as a family, a church, a small group, whatever. Make sure you pick up your box. Go to SamaritansPurse.org forward slash OCC. Let's have a huge dad tired showing of families that are partnering together to advance the sake of the gospel all throughout the world. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. All right, guys, super excited to have you guys back here on the Dad Tired Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about um, very practical ways to grow in maturity in your faith and your relationship with Jesus. This is both for you and for your children. Uh, so as you're thinking through uh, your kids and just you as a dad trying to point your kids to Jesus and really help mature them in the faith, uh, hopefully this episode will give you really practical ways to kind of have a system and a strategy and a game plan for doing that. But also, I don't want you to miss, this is also for you. Like even if we just set aside all of the practical information that we're going to talk about today for your kids, um, this would also be very, very helpful just for you as a man of God trying to figure out, all right, where am I with Jesus? What would it look like for me to really grow in my faith and to grow and mature as a disciple of Jesus? So that's what we're going to tackle today. Um, the content that I'm sharing, like the, the information I'm sharing, really, I'm just like full disclosure, I'm stealing it from a guy named Jim Putman. He's a pastor uh, up in Washington, and he wrote a book called Real Life Discipleship. He's got a lot of material on this subject. I've just read it and studied it and used it. And so I, I take no credit for any of this stuff. This is all his great thinking and really, I think, Holy Spirit inspired stuff that God has given him to help his church and a ton of churches really grow in discipleship. So I just want to say that up front. I'll link his book and some resources on the stuff that I'm going to talk about. Um, but the reason we're talking about today on the Dad Tired Podcast is really because I think it will help you again as a man of God to really have a strategy for thinking what just not so that you're not plateauing in your Christian faith and you're just kind of leveled out and uh, and also for you to have a really strategic game plan for your kids when you're thinking through what would it look like for me to help mature them and their faith. Now, most of us um, grew up with kind of a, 
it's hard to when I when I normally teach this stuff or talk about this stuff, I, I draw a lot on a whiteboard. So I'm going to do my best to talk through it visually for you, so you can get an idea of this as you're driving your car or uh, going walking around the block or working out or whatever you're doing right now. Um, thank you for listening, by the way. <laughs> whatever you're doing, I'm just going to try to like paint a picture for you uh, mentally since I can't show you visuals. But essentially. Uh, the way that I grew up is if you if you imagine a blank piece of paper right now and you draw a line across the piece of paper uh, in either direction, either horizontally or vertically, uh, but you draw a line, on one side of the line, you have uh, non-Christians, people who don't believe in Jesus. And, uh, and then the goal of Christianity is to move everyone from that side of the line, the people who don't believe in Jesus, and kind of push them over to the other side of the line, which is essentially... Uh, the the goal there would be, again, the way I grew up would be to get them to say a prayer so that they can cross that line. And now they're a Christian and they just kind of wait uh, and kind of learn what it means to be a Christian. And then you die and go to heaven. That's uh, in many ways what I was taught in my faith as a young Christian. And so what Jim Putman is basically saying is, is there's there's way more complexity to the Christian faith than just crossing from one side over to the other side. In fact, there's like, he says there would be five stages of discipleship. And that's really what I want to talk about today. Again, I can't emphasize this enough. I really want you to focus on uh, this for your kids, but also for you as a man of God. Okay. So just as I'm talking, as I'm kind of giving these five stages of discipleship, I want you to be thinking, where are you personally? And then also where are your kids? Okay. So number one, uh, the, the first stage of discipleship, everyone in the world falls into one of these stages, by the way. Okay. So number one, the first stage in the spiritual discipleship process uh, is categorized by being spiritually dead. This comes from Ephesians 2.1, where Paul says that we are all all, like every single person for all of sin, uh, Romans says that, but Ephesians 2 says, we were all dead in our sins, right? So all of us are like, we're dead. You were born dead because of your sin nature. And so every single person on the planet was born a sinner for all of sin and fall short of God's glory, his standards. So all of us are born like jacked up, messed up dudes. And so each of us would at one point in our lives find ourselves in this first category, which is spiritually dead. And the the way that you categorize a spiritually dead person is unbelief. They do not believe in the good news of Jesus, either because they've never heard it or they're just flat out choosing to say, I just don't believe it. It's crazy. Seems so hard to believe. Seems not logical. So I'm just choosing not to believe that. So you at some point, or maybe even right now, you're in that category of saying, I just don't believe it. I don't believe in this whole Jesus thing. And you would be categorized, or for those, uh, if you know somebody who doesn't believe that, they would be categorized as spiritually dead. They are uh, they are not alive in Christ. They have not been born again for use of like, that. that's how Jesus would say it. You, you're dead. Actually, side note, uh, and I'll link a video to this, a little clip. Uh, it was really, really interesting. Kanye West, I know there's all kinds of controversy about Kanye West right now, which, uh, P.S., I don't really know why. Like, the dude's, like, trying to fall in love with Jesus. I think that's amazing. We should cheer him on as brothers and sisters in Christ. Like, if somebody's going to give their life to Christ, like, even if it if we don't think that they have all the right intentions, whatever, anyone even exploring the idea of Jesus is amazing. The fact that Kanye West would be exploring the idea of Christ uh, is phenomenal. But anyway, he was asked recently in an interview, 
uh, they were asking him like, I, it, what if somebody says, I just don't believe this. I don't, I don't believe this whole, that you've been saved. I mean, I look at your life two years ago and now I look at you like this whole transformation. I don't know. I'm just skeptical. It seems fa- fake. Like how can this really be? And Kanye gives this beautiful, like theologically rich answer. And he says, if I told you that I was sleeping, uh, you would recognize that as one state of being. And then I woke up and now I'm a, it's a different state of being. I'm, I've, I've awoken from my sleep. And he said, spiritually, it's the same thing. I was dead. I did not believe. I was walking around dead. I was a dead man walking. And now I believe and I've, I've come alive in Christ. And both are true. Both were states of being. I used to be dead and now I'm alive in Christ. It was this beautiful, like 30 second, theologically rich answer from Kanye West, which is so cool, man. I just think it's God's testimony of what he's doing in his life. It's, it's amazing. But anyway, all of us, as the scriptures say, we were all dead. We were all walking dead at some point in our life. Um, and then the next stage, so that's the first stage of discipleship. Number one, you're just, we're all, you're dead. Okay. So the next stage of discipleship would be spiritual infant. And this person is cag- categorized by ignorance. So they've gone from being uh, a non-believer I don't believe in the things of Jesus. And they've made a decision, conscious decision to say, you know what? I actually trust and believe what Jesus said to be true. I believe him to be God. And so now you've moved from spiritually dead, the first stage of discipleship, and you've actually moved in to the second stage of discipleship, which is spiritual infant. Now, infant is categorized by ignorance, meaning they just don't know. Like my daughter, I have a, I have a, I don't, I never know like the right terminology. She's 11 months. So I don't know if that's still infant or not. She's a baby. Okay. Uh, and as a baby, she does things that she just doesn't know. Like she doesn't know a ton of stuff right now. She doesn't know she's not supposed to go poop and pee in her pants. She doesn't know she's not supposed to stick her fingers in the light socket. She doesn't know she's not supposed to chew on a Sharpie. Literally, these are all things that happened within the last hour, <laughs> right? She just doesn't know. She doesn't know all these things. I can't get mad at her. I'm not going to like spank her and put her in timeout and discipline her for pooping in her pants or for chewing on a Sharpie or for sticking her finger in a light socket. She literally has no idea. She's ignorant to the things uh, that she's supposed to do in life. This is the same uh, for a spiritual infant. A spiritual infant is somebody who says, I just don't know. Again, not to keep referencing Kanye, but uh, he has said a couple times, it's really fascinating. He said in a couple interviews, he said, please forgive me if I don't use the right terminology or I misquote scripture. I'm new at this. I'm a brand new baby believer. Like I don't know all of it yet, but I'm trying to stumble my, my way through it, which I think is just such an incredible humility and posture to take. Like all of us Christians should be taking, like we're all trying to figure out the things of God. I, I love the humility in his uh, posture there, but Anyway, he's saying, I'm a baby. I'm a, I'm a spiritual infant. I don't know all the things yet, but I'm, I'm wanting to learn. So that would be the second stage for somebody. I was discipling a guy several years ago, and we were walking through Costco uh, during Christmas time, and he wasn't married at the time, but he was dating a girl who's now his wife, but he was dating her. And he said, hey, man, uh, I'm thinking of either getting my wife a trip to the coast for, I'm, I'm sorry, my girlfriend, a trip to the coast for a couple nights or a trip uh into the mountains that we could stay in a cabin for a couple nights. And apparently my face must've changed without me even knowing it. Cause he was like, uh, is that not good? And I'm like, well, bro, uh, you either, uh, are going to have sex, uh, because that's like the two of you are going to be alone and you're going to be at a beach or in a cabin for a few days. So you'll either have sex or, 
uh, you're going to make everyone think that you're having sex. And it's just not like God's design for sex is actually in the confines of marriage and in the covenant of marriage, not before marriage. And he was literally like, we were in Costco walking as we we're having this conversation. He's like, oh, cool. Like, I didn't know that. I'll just get her an electric toothbrush. <laughs> it was so cool, man. He just like, he literally like walked over, bought his girlfriend an electric toothbrush. He just, he didn't know. He was like, I didn't know. That's like what Christians are, what we're supposed to do as followers of Jesus. We're not, we're not, we're supposed to save sex for the confines of marriage. Cool. Like now I know. I'm not mad at him. I wasn't like upset that he didn't know that he was a spiritual infant. He had just given his life to Christ months earlier. He's still trying to figure all of this out. Many of our kids are in this category. They are spiritual infants. By the way, this has nothing to do with age. I've met spiritual infants who have been Christians and gone in the Christian world for 50 years, and they're still spiritual infants. They are babies in Christ. And I've met people who have given their life to Christ a year ago who are way beyond the spiritual infant stage. So it doesn't matter when you decided to give your life to Christ, and it doesn't matter how old you are. Okay, So we can have children even on all different varying levels of this spiritual maturity. Uh, also, I know I'm talking really fast and I'm flying through this because there's a lot to cover and I want to like get it all uh, where this is not like a three hour podcast. Okay. Um, so anyway, there's spiritual infancy, a spiritual infant. That's, that's stage two of discipleship. So when you're thinking through discipleship, you're thinking through how do I move somebody that's spiritually dead? They're in the first stage of discipleship. How do I move them from spiritually dead and help them get to becoming a spiritual infant? The goal there would be as a disciple maker would be, all right, what would it look like for me to see my friends who don't know Christ to now come to know Christ and become spiritual infants? Or what would it look like for my kids who don't know Christ uh, to, to begin following Christ? I believe fully in the sovereignty of God. I believe that God is in the business of saving people. He just uses us to be part of that. But ultimately, God is the one who saves. But what would it look like for me to pair alongside of God, to partner with him, to see my friends and my children come to know him? Well, really, the goal is just belief. Like, how do I help them move from unbelief to belief? Even though they're spiritually ignorant in the, the the second phase of spiritual discipleship, which is spiritual infant, even though they're ignorant towards it, like I just want them to start to believe the things of God, that there really was a person named Jesus Christ, that he actually existed and he actually made super bold claims. Uh, and you can think all the thoughts you want about Christianity and church and Jesus and all that, but it all comes back to the person of Jesus. Who was he? And is what he said true or not? Like he either was a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Right? That's not my phrasing. That comes from a book, um, which I'm blanking the name of the book off the top of my head. But right, but there's there's like he's he's either telling the truth. He really was God. He made some really bold claims, or the dude's just crazy. But you have to make a decision. What do you believe about God? And that's, as a disciple maker, what I'm trying to help my kids do, like introduce them to the person of Jesus, tell them the claims of Jesus and let them figure out like, is this something you believe? I ask my kids often, like, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that he is God? Do you believe in what he's saying? And do you believe the words that he's saying to be true? Do you believe that what he has set up for us is the best way to live? Live. I'm trying to help them move from unbelief to belief. Okay. So that's the first stage of discipleship, spiritually dead. Then you move people into spiritual infancy, which is categorized by ignorance. They just don't know. And then you move to the third one, which is spiritual children. So my goal 
It's to get the infant to become a spiritual child. And like going back to my daughter, who's 11 months right now, I'm not mad at her for eating a Sharpie or sticking her finger in the light socket or pooping in her pants. Right. Uh, sorry for the graphic analogies, word pictures there. Uh, it's easier to say than put on a whiteboard though. Uh, <laughs> uh, right now I'm not mad at her cause she's an infant. She, she just doesn't know. Now fast forward like six, seven, eight years old And now it starts to get weird, right? Like if my eight-year-old, I have an eight-year-old son, if he's sticking his finger in the light socket and he's pooping in his pants and he is, uh, what was the other one I used? Uh, Chewing on a Sharpie. Like we've got bigger problems. We just need to figure out, okay, like what's going on? How come you're still acting like an infant? How can we help you move to become more of a child? If he becomes 13, 14, 15, 16, that's like, okay, yeah, we've we've really got a problem because you should be growing out of this stage. This episode of the Dad Tired Podcast is brought to you by Policy Genius. Most people know open enrollment as decision time for healthcare coverage, but it's also the perfect time to reassess your life insurance needs. To properly provide for their families, most people need 10 times the life insurance coverage than they can get through their job, which means that your employer life insurance is leaving you underinsured, and that's where Policy Genius can help. Policy Genius is the easy way to shop for life insurance plan that's not tied to your job. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurance to find the best price. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. The life insurance you buy through Policy Genius stays with you even if you leave your job. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy, they also help you find the right home and auto insurance and disability insurance too. So, when you're looking at your workplace benefits this month, make sure to double check your life insurance options and then go to policygenius.com to get quotes and apply in minutes. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. Now, my friend who, going back to that analogy, as a spiritual infant in Costco, if he had been mature in Christ for, or if he had been in Christ, he had been saved and claiming to follow Jesus for years and years and years and years and years, that would have been a different conversation than, hey, bro, actually, you're just not supposed to do that. Uh, it would have been like, dude, what are you, like, what are you doing? You know the things of God. Uh, why are you saying these things or why are you still acting this, this way when you know the things of God? And it's, it just, it reframes the conversation. And so what we want to do is we want to help our infant children move from spiritual infancy into spiritual uh, childhood, which is a great, like, I don't want any of the, all of these terms are like, don't, hopefully you're not taking any of them as offensive because they're really beautiful. It's the way God designed them to be. Uh, We just don't want to stay stuck there, but every stage is really beautiful. What characterizes a child, a spiritual child is self-centeredness. I just went to Costco. uh, I didn't just go, probably a month ago, went to Costco and they had already had, this is like a month before Halloween, they had already had all the costumes. So of course, as we're grabbing groceries, my kids see the Halloween costumes and they're like, they definitely want to buy them now and they want to wear them. So we bought them a couple, we got like a police officer and a princess thing for our kids and they got them and they wore them like every day for a month up until Halloween. And what they were doing every day is they were actually pretending to be those things. Uh, they were trying to figure out who they are. Some days my eight-year-old son was a police officer. Some days he was a firefighter. Some days he was an explorer or a ninja or whatever. Like every day or week he's changing who he is. He's trying to figure out 
who am I? What do I like? What am I supposed to be doing? The world really is focused all around him and my daughter as, as their children. Their world, they're trying to figure out their identity and who they are. And as ch- spiritual children, this is actually a beautiful stage. It's okay for them to be self-centered. Like It's okay for them to really figure out who are they in Christ, to really establish an identity. Who are you? Like Who has God said you are? And the world revolves around them. I'm talking about spiritual infants a little bit. And that's for a, for a season, that's actually okay. I want to spend some time getting to you to get to know like who you are in Christ. We talk about this. We do a, a benediction that my friend Jefferson Bethke, my other friends over at Intentional Parenting, uh, they put together this benediction. And it's so beautiful. Every day before a meal, every time we sit down at a meal at our dinner table, we say this benediction. My kids say it. They say, I'm not what I do. I'm not what I have. I'm not what people say about me. I'm the beloved God. I'm the beloved of God. It's who I am. No one can take it from me. I don't have to hurry. I don't have to worry. I can trust my friend Jesus and share his love with the world. The reason we have them say that every single day at the dinner table, P.S. I'll link that, the benediction in the show notes so you can have that. We actually have them framed in our kitchen. Um, but we, the reason we have them say that between before every meal is because we want them to understand their identity. We want them to look and see, this is who God says I am. That's a little bit of a self-centered, self-focused way of looking at the world. But for right now, it's good. We're trying to establish in their foundation, this is who God says you are and it's good. Would this be your identity? Before you go out into the world, before you be used by God for all kinds of great things, would you just know this is who you are and it's good and it's beautiful and this is who God says you are, okay? So this is self-centeredness. This is what categorizes a child in spiritual maturity uh, is is really self-centeredness. Now listen, if my kids are still acting self-centered and trying to figure out who they are at 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, somebody, uh, namely me as their parent, has done them a disservice. Those are things they should have figured out as children. Now, bro, like, all of us can relate to this. I am a 32-year-old man who still to this very day is stumbling through trying to figure out what it looks like in my own identity. Like, who am I? That's stuff I've wrestled with really heavy in the last 10 years. And the reason I'm dealing with this, as many of you are, for the last 10 years is because I didn't have parents, specifically a father, to say, Jared, this is who you are. This is who God has designed you to be. This is how God has made you. You don't need to go try to find your identity in work or in women or in money or in stuff. Like this is who God says you are. This is your foundation. This is your identity. Bro, like if I had that, if you had that as a kid, could you imagine where we would be? Like how healthy of men we would be if we had had fathers in our life constantly holding up a mirror and reminding us of who we are in Christ? It would have been huge and we would have like avoided a ton of pain growing up or I'm sorry, late in our, in our adulthood. I would have avoided so many dumb decisions that I've made and things that I've chased after because I'm still trying to find my identity. Um, it's just such a gift. So this is what we want to do as disciple makers for our kids. As their spiritual children, we want to help them figure out this is who you are in Christ. Let me tell you the things in scripture that God says you are. It's okay to focus inward for a little bit and really know your identity in him and him alone. It's not what you do. 
It's not what you have. It's not what people say about you. You are the beloved of God and nothing can take that away from you. How beautiful is that? Would that be the foundation that we move them towards? Again, we don't want them to stay there, but we really celebrate that stage. That's the third stage, spiritual children. And then we move into spiritual young adulthood. And this is um, the fourth stage of the spiritual discipleship wheel, being young adults. And this is where a child starts to move from the world being about them and being really self-centered to them realizing, oh, like God's actually doing something really big beyond myself and beyond my own little life. Like he's working in our family. God is moving in our neighborhood. God is moving in the world. And like, whoa, God is like, there's a bigger story than just me. We're moving them away from self-centeredness. And now we're moving them to God-focused and others-focused. It's this beautiful, this oftentimes uh, happens for college students, like when they leave high school in their own home and they're starting to get exposed to a bigger world, they become young adults. Like, oh, wait, the world is bigger than just my little high school and my little house and my little family. Like there, there's actually a, a whole world of things going on. Uh, this is when it should be happening for spiritual adults, uh, young adults, I'm sorry, where they move from this self-centeredness where the world is about them and they start to realize, oh, the, the world's actually, God, God's doing something all around the world. It's not just about me anymore. The, let me give you some really practical examples of how this plays out in uh in like the church world. So a spiritual child is going to say things like, ah, I just don't really like the music at our church, or I, I wish they would play these kinds of songs, or uh, I just don't really like this ministry, or I, I need the pastor to talk about this. Listen, all of these phrases that the person is using are really self-centered phrases. It's all about me, me, me. What? How can the church, how can everyone, how can the whole Christian communi- community benefit me? And again, for a time, that's okay. I'm okay with that. As I hear those kind of phrases being said uh, as a disciple maker, I'm thinking, okay, now I know based on what they've said that they are a spiritual child and that's okay. But how do I help them grow in maturity to become a spiritual young adult? And again, if you're a Christian for like 50 years, 20 years, 30 years, and you're still making childish uh, spiritual child statements, I'm just thinking somebody did not disciple you into spiritual young adulthood. And now we need to figure out what would it look like for you to grow from being a spiritual child and really grow into becoming a spiritual young adult. Uh, again, I, I know I'm like flying through this stuff. I, I hope that you're sticking with me. If you've checked out, please come back, uh, give your attention. Cause I think this is really going to help you and discipling your children become more like Jesus. Um, so this is where you move from that kind of self-centeredness. And then now you hear spiritual young adults say, man, I wonder what ways can I serve in the church? Is there anywhere that I can give? Like, yeah, I don't really always like the music or I don't like the teaching or whatever. It's not, but that's okay. Like I'm here to serve. Like how, how can God use me in my Christian community instead of my neighbors, like everyone kind of looking out for my needs and me always asking for help for everything or me kind of making the world about myself. Uh, how What would it look like for me to lay my own needs down to start to serve those around me, both in my Christian community and my actual neighborhood community and my work community? This is where you as a man need to ask yourself, like in your marriage and in your, in your parenting, are you being a spiritual child Uh, where the world and your family and your wife and your kids really revolve all around you. You need them to like kind of meet all your needs and make you happy and give you space so you can relax after a hard week's worth of work. And like really you're making a lot of decisions that are still very self-centered and focused. 
And what would it look like for you to grow from spiritual childhood into spiritual young adulthood, which would say, what, what would it mean for me to serve my wife? What would it mean for me to actually serve my kids, to lay down my own needs and my desires, to put them above myself, knowing that God is working in them and he can actually use me to see their lives grow in maturity? What would it look like for me to sacrifice in such a way that I could be part of his story and their lives? That's spiritual maturity, bro. Like that, That's moving you from self-centeredness, childness, uh, and into young adulthood. And again, if you're a spiritual child, that's okay, bro. Like, There's nothing wrong with that. Honestly, there's nothing wrong with it. What you need to ask yourself though, like really honestly, is how long have you been there? Like how long have you been in that spiritual child selfish stage or maybe even spiritual infant stage where you're still like, you just don't know the things of God. And instead of kind of wallowing, being like, ah, man, I'm just a spiritual infant. I'm just a spiritual child. That's okay. What you need to ask yourself is what would it look like for you to move into that next step? What would it look like for you to learn the things of God? If you're ignorant, what would it look like for you to learn what the scriptures say about what it means to follow Jesus? Um, Start following the Bible Project. Listen to the Bible Project podcast. Start going through the scriptures, learning the scriptures, learning what God says about what it means to be a follower of his. Um, if it's not ignorance, maybe you know you've heard all the scriptures a million times, which, by the way, we should always be learning the scriptures. But, you you know, you've got a good grasp and handle on theology and the things of God, um, and yet you're still being self-centered. Ask God, like, Lord, what would it look like for me to move into adulthood, to stop seeing my life as my own and the world being all about me and really move into spiritual uh uh, young adulthood, which means that the world is beyond me and I'm starting to serve and lay my life down for other people. And the last one is this, and this is where we'll wrap up here. Uh, this, the last one in the spiritual discipleship journey uh, is spiritual parents. And it's it's not spiritual adults, it's spiritual parents. And the reason they use parents is because a parent reproduces. It makes more of them. Uh, and this doesn't mean physically in the spiritual world. Like you may be young, uh, you may be uh, yet not able to have kids. This isn't about like having kids. This is, all this means is you've gotten to a place in your spiritual journey where you're thinking, um, what would it look like for me to pour everything I have intentionally on purpose in somebody else's life so I could help them move through that discipleship process. Now, the reason I've told you all of this stuff is because in my own personal life, bro, like I I got away this last week with my wife. We went to Atlanta. It's interesting, bro, because God has like, he's opening up a stage for lack of better words for dad tired. And specifically, like I'm just getting asked to speak more and more. I've been doing TV shows and radio and the book, the dad tired books come out. And so more people are asking my thoughts, which in many ways feels weird. Cause I just feel still like a broken sinful man. Who's trying to stumble my way towards Jesus. So to get asked as kind of like a quote unquote expert is, is new to me. And it's, um, it's just still feels surreal to me in many ways ways. Um, But the reason I I brought all of this up and wanted to talk about this today was because even in the midst of that, as all of the dad tired stuff is growing and God has shown his favor on our ministry and really like used dad tired to reach a lot of people for, for his glory, praise God. But in the midst of that, I still feel like, man, I don't know if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing for Christ. Like I, I, something still feels missing. And my wife feels that too. And I think what it is, is I have, I'm teaching and I'm talking about all this stuff. And yet I'm not being a spiritual parent where I'm actually pouring my life into somebody else. Now for sure. I'm like, 
talking on the podcast and writing things and speaking and all that stuff. But like, I mean, life on life discipleship, somebody inside my house consistently, who's like watching me be a husband, watching me be a dad, watching me wrestle through the scripture and the things of God, like pouring out my life and seeing somebody either spiritually dead or an infant and saying, what would it look like for me to sacrifice my time and my money and everything I've got to pour into this person? Uh, so that they could grow in Christ. Now, I think for sure we should be doing that with our kids. It needs to start at home. But also, bro, if you feel just like you're just in a funk, like it's probably because you're not making disciples, maybe. Like maybe you just haven't poured your life into somebody and said, what would it look like for me to take them from stage one or two of their walk with Jesus? And what would it look like for me to help them grow up to become a spiritual parent? And that's where I feel like I'm at. Like I, I, I've spent seasons in my life where I've discipled guys very intentionally. I was acting as a spiritual parent and I've just feel like I've kind of gone back to spiritual adulthood and even sometimes spiritual childness where, uh, you know, I'm mature in my faith and yet I'm still kind of acting self-centered in my faith. And so I'm just thinking even personally, like what do I need to do to grow in my faith and my discipleship journey? And what would it look like for me to disciple other guys into this whole thing? So again, let me wrap up this whole thing. I know we went a little bit long, but let me wrap up all this by asking you this question. Like, bro, for you personally, where are you? Uh, where are you and your discipleship journey? Where are, and what would it look like for you to like grow into the next phase and maturity in Christ? So whether you're spiritually dead or a spiritual infant, a spiritual child or young adult, like what would it look like for you to just grow to the next spot? Maybe it's learning more scripture. Maybe it's finding a guy who can pour into you. Uh, maybe it's moving from self-centeredness to others focused. And then maybe if you're a young adult, like you serve, you do a lot of things, but you just don't have um, other, you're, you're not pouring your life into somebody else. Maybe the time is now to say like, what would it look like for me to very intentionally pour my life into somebody else's life so that they could grow up in the faith? Uh, and then ask yourself, where are your kids? Like, where are your kids on this journey? Are they spiritually dead? Have they not trusted Jesus? Is there unbelief? Maybe because they've never heard you talk about Christ or maybe because they're just choosing not to believe. What would it look like for you to teach them about Jesus and the ways of Jesus so that they might believe the ways of Jesus and who Jesus is, that he would be the savior of the world? Like, do they believe that? And what would it look like for you as their father to help point them from unbelief to belief or wherever they're at on their spiritual journey? What would it look like to take them to the next step. And then lastly, man, just please, please pray, especially for those of you who have been Christians for a long time. Who are you pouring into? Like actually giving up your life to, to lay, to let other people come into your life and just watch. Um, and it's honestly not as hard as you're probably making it seem. I know you say you don't have time and all that stuff. Just invite another dude over, whether it's a college student, a high school student, a single guy, a young married guy who's maybe been married a little less time than you, a guy who's married, but doesn't have kids. Like what would it look like for you just to invite them over often, as often as you can, and to watch you be a husband, follow me as I follow Christ kind of thinking. Anyway, I hope this is helpful. I know we, f- we flew through it, but um, would love to go into more depth. Maybe I'll have Jim Pum and I, I didn't even reach out to him. <laughs> probably should have reached out to him. He probably could have said all this better than I could. Um, but anyway, I hope that's helpful. I'll link a bunch of stuff in the show notes so that you have access to all that stuff. But I love you guys. I'm praying for you as you mature in Christ. And um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Later.